Today's culture listens better to artists than to preachers. Stay tuned as my guests will unpack what this means. The church has not always adequately understood and embraced artistic people, strategies, and methods, so there are few places that integrate innovative and artistic ministry people and projects. The church is losing the asset of some of the church's most powerful and effective servants. My guest is Reverend Dr. Byron Spradlin, the founder and president of ACT International, a ministry to mobilize and equip artistic and innovative ministries and individuals for Christian work around the world. So, Byron, welcome to the Unconventional Ministry Podcast. Thank you, Dennis. I love your uh, name, and I love the fact you're looking for innovative uh, encouragement to the whole church. You've been doing innovative ministry for five decades now, and so we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, we were just sharing a little bit about some of your your work, and uh, we'll get into that. But I want to start with the very beginning, that today's culture listens better to artists than to preachers. Five mm-hmm. decades ago, you noticed this in the church. Take us back to that beginning where this whole idea of ACT International started. Well, you know, I, I came, uh, you know, I graduated high school in 67, uh, University of California in international relations in 71, uh, really surrendered my life to Christ when I was 19 in 1968 and became sort of a campus um, activist, not sort of, uh, uh, with uh, a ministry campus crusade for Christ, but I was a music uh person and began to do outreach. And when I really surrendered my life to Christ, actually with an old group that's not around anymore, Continental Singers in Asia, uh, began to see the power of what we had to declare the glory of God and to create environments wherein people could touch God and he could touch them and did, in fact. And you'll remember that period of time, uh, uh, you know, the the advent of the Beatles and uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and uh, uh, all of these rock groups, that big shift that happened, and I lived about seven miles from Berkeley and ministered in a church then, and both in the Continental Singers group, where I became a director all over Latin America, South America, the Caribbean, North America, even as a young man, and I got a record deal with light label, Ralph Carmichael, distributed by Word. And so I was in a lot of churches, and I was doing music. They said, that's not Christian music. You know, dunch, 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 dunch. And I said, yeah. of course, it's Christian music. It's, <laughs> I'm a Christian. It's music. And it was relating to my culture, the baby boomer culture. And I wanted to see them all come uh, to a personal relationship with Jesus and the liberation that I'd found. And um, during that time, I probably was maybe in... 800, 1,000 churches during those years, maybe more. And I began to realize, though I had never been, I grew up in a very functional, warm evangelical church in near Berkeley, California, and it wasn't legalistic. It was absolutely biblical and such. And so I hadn't gotten a major punch in the gut by, uh, you know, a lot of the difficulty. But as I moved out and around, I realized that the uh, Oftentimes, the clergy community wasn't really friendly uh, to artistic kingdom servants and even know what I'm talking about. Uh, I I use the term artistic kingdom servants, people who were really sold out for Jesus and wanting to move. We've seen the Jesus Revolution movie, many of us these days, and those were the days uh, Mm -hmm. that this was happening. And I realized in that time that there were very few structures uh, from the church and the denominations and such that were really 
enthusiastically affirming of the um, uh, of the dynamics of innovative ministry related to artistic expression and artistic context. When I was seeing, uh, you know, we we moved from twenty students at the University of California in nineteen sixty eight to four hundred students coming out. Uh, by 71, and from three Bible studies to 50 or 60 Bible studies. So this was substantive work. We were going down to the free speech platform at UC Berkeley, and I was singing, uh, Jesus is lost, you who must be found. If you wander, you will never know the way. And then we'd give our testimony and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it was people were responding, but the church didn't have structures. And that's what began to give me that sense. And really, the Lord spoke to me uh, and said, listen, whatever you do, disciple and mentor people out of a music and arts background and work them into the fabric of church and missions ministry. And that really was the beginning uh, of what uh, came into being as artists in Christian Testimony International. So ACT International really comes out of your personal struggle. Absolutely. Now the f- ministry you founded is in is all over the world. We've got 54 uh, countries help, now. help our podcast listeners understand when you use the word artistic or innovative ministry, you know, I think of acting. I think of singing. You've mentioned singing. Yeah. It's much, much broader than that. It really is. We have well, probably about half our people in music because music is, you know, a key dynamic of the church around the world and of human community. At the same time, we've got people doing ministry methods and strategies, just regular old ministry, discipleship, evangelism, indigenous worship development, uh, leadership training, community impact and connect uh, and care and working with orphans and this and, and the other thing. All of these, I have eight generic ministries that I find in scriptures at least, and it's just my little grid. But um, we also, uh, we do have music and and uh, theater and film and such. Um, and I don't know if you want me to take a minute and just kind of list a couple of examples of these, you know, 500 ministry departments made up of 700 people. Um, Sure, but, I think we've got the time, and it gives our okay, podcast sure listeners that. an idea of how broad this is, and then we want to go and talk about the church structure. Good, um, and interrupt me, you won't hurt my feelings at all, because I'm still full, uh, and uh, you might need to guide me here. But uh, for example, we've got a woman painter who is doing an orphanage up in Eurasia. Well, I'll keep that sort of generic and a, a nation not friendly to Christians, and uh, they had lost their uh, organizational structure. It was supported by a network of 10 churches in a certain part of the United States. And she had known about artists and Christian testimony and got in touch with us. And now, you know, for geez, 12 years or so, we've had this wonderful orphanage in that region where they use artistic expression, working with the children. Well, you mm-hmm. see, that's like VBC. I mean, a vacation Bible school. You're right. right. You can hardly do anything without artistic expression. And frankly, we need the specialists involved. Uh, and those perhaps are more strategic than becoming a famous uh, gallery person. Anyway, um, uh, uh, Ben Roundtree and his wife, they're le- uh, leading Eurobrass in Europe, and then they do handbells. And uh, handbells are unusual in Europe. And so they just had a tremendous opportunity in the marketplace and in the churches to uh, to move. We've got one uh, person in some 
um, uh, creative access areas doing uh, clowning camps uh, and uh, circus arts camps. He was a Ringling Brother clown professionally before he got his master's uh, from UCLA and uh, and such in, in some of these areas. Uh, we, uh, I just listed about 10 of these things, um, uh, circus arts, music evangelism in at-risk townships in uh, Southern Africa, one where I actually uh, found a, a beautiful musician. Uh, I was doing the the worship production for the Lausanne Congress, uh, Third Congress in Cape Town. And he's one of the most wonderful worship leaders, but he's an evangelist at heart. And so he's been doing all last year um, for free. He had got some underwriting and, and they're now going to townships, which are basically at-risk neighborhoods. Um, all over uh, South Africa and, and moving there. We've got um, music evangelism and indigenous worship development in Haiti, painting in the marketplace and uh, um, and uh, among First Nations peoples in Canada, theater ministry in Amsterdam, theater ministry in the Inland Empire of Southern California. And that area is uh, trying to, uh, uh, Professor Frank Mahelich, who used to be at California Baptist University is full-time with us now developing community theater in that uh, region. These are uh, all great, great examples. And I think the point is if you've got artistic talent and ability, right. get in touch with ACT International. There's a place around the globe somewhere where you could use this in an incredible way for kingdom work. Let's shift a little bit. Uh, I mean, we could talk for hours here about all these experiences. You know, the structure of the church 50 years ago, when you had this encounter with your music ability, uh, have things changed in the church? Has the structure of the church changed? Are they more open now? Or how are, how are things going nowadays? The answer to that is a yes and a no. Um, there's obviously more awareness, particularly related to the worship arts, that within the four walls of the church, we have to have different uh, uh, expressions of our uh, both musical as well as environmental um, uh, development of that uh, live gathered uh, setting or the mini live and gathered setting. So there is a, a, a lot of uh, churches obviously have tried to make that shift and uh, are making that shift on the one hand. On the second hand, it's still probably more um, in terms of form than understanding function. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, we should be, the church should be the most aggressive community reaching our into our communities by taking the public venues of our regions. And very few churches are really thinking about that. And also mission agencies uh, sending personnel around the world, they're more into a traditional model. And then you want local, uh, local churches to embrace this. So there's financial support, encouragement, and prayer for that artistic person going out under some mission agency. That's right. Actually, that's why Sat Seven, I think, is so strategic. You know, I told you I'd run into um, the leadership back in 1995 when they were, you know, casting this vision, and now look what's happened. Because here is an artistic, I mean, you know, uh, broadcast and radio. Sometimes we think that's not artistic, but au contraire, yes, <laughs> uh, is so. We see that need um, uh, to move, but the churches are not providing the. I mean. If you talk about occupational 
opportunity for Ephesians 4.11 personnel in function. I don't get all uh, whacked out about these titles, but the apostolic function of going and probing, the prophetic function of listening hearing and bringing correction, regardless of your denomination, the evangelistic function of evangelism, caring, uh, uh, pastoring, and explaining, uh, and such. Where can these people find occupational opportunity? They can't, to tell you the truth, unless they create their own particularly nonprofit structure, and those are few and far between, and not everybody can move in that. So I um, would like to see both at the community level as well as the regional national international level more embrace of artistic strategy specialists it's not just the dog and pony show thing of going out and doing and singing on it's developing strategies around the way human community interacts with festival and pageant and event and and community development uh, in the sense of developing community and relationships and establishing uh, those relationships. You and I both know that in missions, the ultimate goal is seeing the church established and expressing itself in indigenous Christian community formation. Right. That has to do with what its its liturgies look like, whether you're Mennonite or uh, Presbyterian or um, Foursquare. Uh, or Anglican. It doesn't matter. Everybody has a liturgy. You have practices by which you involve yourself in focusing your faith on God and expressing to him. And those have to be indigenous if the church is going to move. So I often talk with non-artistic leaders who still are sort of, you know, uh, artsy fartsy things is, you know, not necessarily that important. But again, every community has ceremonies, rituals, pageants, and the gathered dynamics of community. And those things related to worshiping God and seeing his uh, life worked out into the community have to be indigenous. And that involves imaginative intelligence and imaginative expression. Now, we don't talk about that a lot. Um, uh, uh, because we don't think about it in those terms. Actually, the Bible is full of it if you take a look at it, but right. we don't. So, And so that's a good segue, because your agency, ACT International, uh, has resources to come as- alongside the local church. You're doing a lot of writing. There's, way- there's e-books. There's materials to help uh, local people uh, develop a real strategy for the arts and innovation. That's right. We're not negative. Look, I've been a church planter and a worship pastor and a youth and youth music pastor uh, and a senior pastor and a seminary professor that teaches on this stuff uh, and such. We need to and we can help. uh, But every local church uh, could do this. I have a little acronym care, create community and by connecting with artistic personnel. A is affirm and appreciate what they're doing. And that means some of us, listen, I've been to seminary, I've worked on four seminary degrees. I am really big on education. At the same time, though, just propositional truths will not strike the heart. We've got to facilitate these heart strikers, the people that God has designed 
uh, un, with unusual wisdom at imaginative design and expression. That's the best biblical definition I find, and I find that in the definition of the term craftsman, a person unusually wise at imaginative design or expression, modified by five other wisdom words, wisdom, skill, knowledge, ability, understanding, and such. And musician and artist are the same kind of dynamic in that class of imaginative expression specialists. These people are not just the dog and pony show. They actually are the ministerial strategists. Right. And that's actually why you see so many of the very well-known pastors are actually, they have some kind of artistic capacity in their background. Chuck Swindoll, you know, is a singer. He's saying, you know, uh, uh, anyway, I could go on. So care, uh, a community and connect, affirm and appreciate. R is resource facilities, budget, and structures. So what we had to design was an ecclesiastical ministerial structure uh, for because uh, we're part of the church. We're not a local church. Uh, and I think I, just, I got ecclesiology down pretty well. Uh, and, and I'm absolutely uh, encouraged about the centrality of the local church, but you still have the missional movement of the church which it operates in the cracks between the local churches or in the areas where there are no churches. That's why SAT7 exists. Right. It's, part, it's part of the church. And if you had a moral failure, you would lose your job, as you should, because you're not, not part of the church. I don't like the term parachurch. <laughs> you're, I don't think you are. Uh, uh, you are part of the church, but operating in the cracks, you are an ecclesiastical structure. How do I know? You have to sign a doctrinal statement, and there are moral conduct requirements in your in your setup. Anyway, that's a structure. And SAT-7 had to find a structure because there weren't any denominations or, uh, or uh, ecclesial bodies that were ready to move this vision. Now, that's not bad. That's been the missional movement since the Apostle Paul left Antioch and went on his um, various trips and stuff. But then... So C-A-R and then E is equip, disciple, and envision. And uh, so that little acronym, uh, you can do that in a local regional church. When I was a, a church planter and local church uh, pastor of worship, we took a church from 150 to 1,505 years back in the early 80s in Southern California. And then we began planning other, I was the worship guy there, designing the celebrative structures that were somewhat culturally appropriate. Mm -hmm. You don't hear worship guys talking in those terms. <laughs> but yeah. that's we I was. We were we were, it was an intentional experiment to create an environment where unchurched people would feel comfortable and feel even though the truth that we were proclaiming maybe was new to them, but the environment felt familiar, not foreign. And they yeah. felt welcome. All of that is designed by artistic expression, along with the relational community dynamic that flows out of that. Um, uh, you see how it's deeply integrated. It's not just a commodified, you know, warm-up act for the main show of the lecture. Actually, Tim Keller, bless his heart. And I know he's not resting in peace because he's face to face with Jesus right now, though I'm so sorry for his uh, going at such a young age. But 
He was one of the few guys in the whole Lausanne uh, movement that I felt really understood and understands even better now uh, the role of the artistic person and the dynamic of the arts in connecting with an urban uh, or a metro uh, community. Uh, he was... Uh, Anyway, it's it's wonderful. He understood how it integrated. And we have one of his former arts ministry directors from uh, uh, um, uh, Redeemer uh, still has a biovocational department with us here, though she lives in another part of the country. Um, so these things are absolutely central, these dynamics and these personnel in working in as strategists in the body of Christ. You know, this is a good segue, too, because, you know, if we have a podcast listener that is artistic, but they haven't found that place in the local church or the local community to use it as a ministry, where do they start? They get on your website. Where do they start? But uh, actinternational.org, all spelled out, A-C-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L. And you can actually go, if you're, if you have a ministry and you, uh, and you don't want to start your own 501c3, which I would not encourage you to do, at least at the beginning, because it's complicated and you spend half your time doing all the behind the scenes things and, and it takes you away from your ministry. Go to our website and in the uh, in the connect tab, right at the top, uh, you can just hit there. It says inquire now contact, and that's a way to get in touch with us. You can, uh, email info at actinternational.org. And one of our team in the Nashville, Tennessee area, uh, will immediately, uh, reach out to you. Um, you can go to ACT, uh, publishing, uh, org. And there we've got some materials. Also on our website, you can sign up for our newsletter. Um, uh, and uh, we've got a whole team in our staff development department um, to encourage you. You don't have to join us, but we are here actually to help pastor and care for uh, artistic kingdom servants, knowing that actually I do think that the local churches uh, want to have these folks. It's just that oftentimes the leadership is still thinking very narrowly about, um, you, you know, the programming. I know, listen, I've for 15 years chased, uh, uh, you know, 52 weeks uh, a year, five services a weekend um, and two major productions. I have empathy <laughs> because I've been there both right. as a worship person and uh, a church planter, senior pastor. Um, and, and such. So um, uh, I get it, but this answers your question. Yes, they're much more understanding that media, film, uh, storytelling, um, of, of acting, of, of dance, all of these things work, uh, uh, but the structures that actually help people initiate entrepreneurial um uh, ministry are not quite there. It, denominations, we are happy to talk with denominations and help them develop their own uh, strategies. Yeah, that, that's really important. I mean, there are two or three or four of us ministries out and about around the world, um, uh, and there need to be thousands. And frankly, small uh, is big. Uh, and the the more local and regional this can happen and providing structures where people can raise support. 
Local churches can't support all this, but they got friends and family um, who will support these kinds of things, at, at least at a bivocational area. Oh, that's one more thing. The clergy community has to admire bivocationalism. It is in in particularly in first world settings, it's seen as second class. But you look all over the world and throughout the history of the church, and you see that most leadership has been bivocational. Right. And we're trying. That's why we allow as a formal policy. You, most of our people, we've got about of our 700 people, about 160 are getting some sort of W-2 uh, um, uh, pay uh, in the United States. Um, the These others are, you know, part-time and volunteer and still raising maybe $5,000 uh, a year to help with a legal or, I mean, a, a local or regional ministry. Those things are absolutely important. Um, and... Um, uh, you know, that has been the lot uh, of the artist. I mean, from Van Gogh, Van Gogh, uh, 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 to, uh, you know, uh, artist struggle. It's, it's just, it's a hard thing. Um, hopefully, we would see more and more um, opportunities within the church worldwide where they could be affirmed as bona fide ministry personnel, uh, uh, ministerial Personnel. We've started a licensing and ordaining program uh, uh, because we feel that the, the churches and denominations are slow, and we are, of uh, you know, a church auxiliary organization, and uh, just like Crew or InterVarsity or uh, all of these other places that actually can license and ordain and commission, and and so we've just after. 48 years decided to start moving in this direction. Very good. Byron, this has been fascinating to listen to you ex describe uh, the need in the church, but the opportunity as well. Yeah. And it's not only here, it's globally. Yeah. So give your uh, contact information again, where people can get more information. And uh, I know you do a quarterly uh, newsletter. I just downloaded it for the spring edition. Uh, tell people where they can download that for free. And it was interesting. Uh, some of the topics, um, the place of vocal solo and worship architectural 10 tests for evaluating a sermon. So you want to get that for sure. Dad's drawn the role of flowers in worship. So they go. want to download that spring edition. So yeah. let them know where they can download that. And uh, thanks again. This is uh, fascinating. Sure. Go to act international. Uh, I'm sorry, act publishing, ACT publishing.org and you can download uh, the that the quarterly magazine is free we also have some other uh, publications there and there will be more at that spot then you can go to our website actinternational.org or you can send us an email at info at actinternational.org so byron thank you for joining the unconventional ministry podcast thank you so much for having me this is the unconventional ministry podcast if you've enjoyed this conversation Please share it with your friends and leave a comment. Sat7 is a Middle East and North Africa broadcast media ministry making God's love visible and the gospel available to everyone in the Middle East and North Africa. Sat7 USA has resources in helping you honor God while protecting your family. You can avoid another regret, which is the failure of not creating an estate plan. Through a partnership with Financial Planning Ministry, SAT7USA provides Christian experts to assist you in preparing your will or trust, all at no financial cost to you. 
visit www.sat7usa.org and click on the tab Planned Giving for more information. SAT7 simplifies the process and makes it easy for you so that your family and friends don't have to bear the burden and regret of your failure to create an estate plan. Thank you again for joining this episode of the Unconventional Ministry Podcast.